0: I am turned up right now. I'm mad. <laughs>
1: Tell us what we're mad about.
0: It, this is not a good opening of the podcast.
1: Oh, why not?
0: It just feels wrong for me to start with something that's making me angry. That I didn't even know about till five minutes ago. <laughs> now I'm fucking. And loaded. now you're living, so let
1: it out. I'm about Let's to go. start
0: a hashtag. Um apparently there is some white girl in Australia that has what's called uncombable hair syndrome. She is a little white girl who is seven years old, and legit, her hair looks just like a not a fro. Her hair is just like blonde and kind of frizzy and big. And Homegirl is on the Today Show with her parents talking about this syndrome that makes it difficult to comb her hair, which I just believe is some bullshit. It's revealed later on in the article that her mother has to spend 10 to 20 minutes detangling her hair with uh, a detangling spray and a wide-tooth comb, which is what you do with black children's hair. So essentially, Homegirl...
1: Is, your, there's is, a whole syndrome for a white person with hair that needs to be treated similarly fuck. to a black <laughs> like, person's I hair.
0: Was so <laughs> mad because she looks like a perfectly <laughs> they, normal they healthy child. As a disorder. Her hair does not look bad or unruly, and the fact that it's called like uncombable hair syndrome, <laughs> right, right. it's like I, ah! think, like I think the title
1: is like probably the most explicit part of this,
0: right? Especially because when you scroll down, like I said, I started reading, thinking, well, let me see what this is actually about right. because maybe she has some sort of extra sensitive scalp which which we just call tender headed or maybe <laughs> you know like if the comb touches her scalp it's bleeding or something you know like just thinking that there was something right. about her hair that was particularly difficult or painful and it's Literally, just that her hair has a coarse texture, and in one of these pictures, her hair is kind of like matted together, which tells me that they ain't been doing that detangling.
1: <laughs> they haven't. They have not been doing their due diligence. And
0: I, I mean, of course, it's gonna take you a long time if you let your child's hair get matted like that. I just fail to understand.
1: It's like it's like gum in hair syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: The child looks happy and well-adjusted. And, you know, she's like, oh, sometimes people want to touch it. I'm like, what? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) really? Is that, did it really say that? I swear to God. That's wild. It's like, oh, and she wears her hair in braids or so, Yo, this, you just have a white child <laughs> white, with some kinky person. hair. I can't believe <laughs> that she got a hair, but she was special about this. I'm pissed. Nuts. Get that child a perm and like keep it moving. Like, why is this an issue?
1: I don't understand. My concern is that now that uncombable hair syndrome is a thing. Uh-huh. out Got put out it. into the universe.
0: You about to try and be in the natural hair movement, and I'm not here for it. I just, I <laughs> can
1: just, I just imagine like, uh, like a an army of white women now all being like, I think I have boy hair syndrome, oh, and then oh just throwing God. their hair.
0: Well, that happened um, when everyone was mad at Shea Moisture, which is has traditionally been a black natural hair company, and mm-hmm. they did a series of ads. This is kind of an old story, but. People were upset because they had a bunch of white women in it who are like, you know, it's been so hard for me being a redhead. And you're like, wait, what? Oh <laughs> Another God. woman that had like a soft wave, not even like full blown spiral curls, which again are still very desirable and not nearly as challenging as having, you know, a kinkier hair texture mm-hmm. and the stigma that comes along with that. Right. So she's has like a, a slight beachy wave in her hair and she's like it took me so long to accept my natural waves like she what? Like,
1: she was like I was born with curls there's a support group for this.
0: <laughs> she, ha- She's like I have limp curl syndrome. <laughs> Get the fuck. So yeah that was a story that I was just pissed off about and now we have spent way too much time delving into it and it doesn't even feel natural to introduce the show but I'll just do it anyway. Hi I'm Patrick.
1: I'm Francesca. And this is last name basis. We four
0: corners in a triangle. Why we keep it one hundred? Optional. I'm with Patrick. a kiss from a to acting on the screen. You know who it is, man. It's well, Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist, and you're tuning to them live. This is last, last name basis. basis. You ready? Yes.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: Ready. Three for a curve. <laughs> you did. But you know what? You You, ju- did. you went. You went with the flow. We I thought
1: have, we have unintroducible podcast syndrome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we try to say our names, we say our partner's names. Um, baby, do you want to talk about your little plan?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, f- before we do that, we should say that we're sick. And so, and so you oh. might get a lot of, like, sniffling, coughing. Um, but um, But, yeah, we are both definitely sick. I yeah. just got my voice back like yesterday, Yeah, I just, just in time for this my podcast. My throat
0: just feels sore, and my nose feels stuffy, and I feel very under the weather. But I'm really pushing through because I'm a professional.
1: You're doing a great job.
0: Thank you. Um, you should talk about your plants.
1: I have plants. I have a lot of plants. I've got now like 10 plants, mm-hmm. and I just repotted all of them for the first time. I've never repotted anything in my life. I've got the viney thing that okay. grows down the side of the furniture. Before, I've got the aloe plant.
0: Before we dive into all of the plants that you have, I thought that this was a perfect topic for the podcast because I recently saw an article titled Millennials Are Filling Their Homes know, and the Void I know, I know. in Their Hearts with House Plants. <laughs> And I was like, "Baby, what? I know, I know. What do you want to tell me? I was me? so
1: disappointed. What is the void that you are trying to fill? That's what I'm asking. I have so many voids. I don't know which one <laughs> the plants are filling for me. Put them in all the voids. Hopefully, they you know. First, it was dogs.
0: It started with one plant, and then slowly, it's. I really, feel like
1: dogs plugged one hole in my soul, and and the plants have like plugged up another one.
0: That sounds so vulgar. Um it does. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, it's being like I put a dog in a hole.
1: Oh, come on. I'm just
0: telling you the
1: truth. Well, the normal people's minds don't go in that I'm direction. I'm just
0: being honest with you because I believe that honesty is a cornerstone of this relationship and uh, this podcast. Uh-huh. And that's why I thought we should you talk about know the voids. What my issues are. The guy in the article had a 100 something plants and you have God
1: damn him. <laughs> God damn him. He would not outshine me. <laughs>
0: Like the most Patrick thing ever, okay? Of course he gets into something and then he has to go overboard with it. And he has to do overboard. all of the all of the research and, and all the stuff. But then the next level of Patrick isms is that then he has to find plants on
1: Craigslist. <laughs> Stop it. And buy- don't you talk <laughs> bad about Craigslist? Craig is. He's getting to friend. buy a new plant. He has to buy <laughs> a, used, a used plant. <laughs> You gotta get it. You gotta it's the only way to yeah. get the best deal. It's this like a dude. car. You buy it new, you're way overpaid. You get the same thing. Used is just as good. Baby, you could buy like seeds. You know where plants come. From? <laughs>
0: I'm you working know, up to it, you okay? Know how you start you know where a plant starts.
1: Soon I'll be breeding the plants, <laughs> myself. I'll be cross pollinating them. Yo,
0: this dude was on Greg's list, <laughs> scrolling through plants and being like, Oh, look at this one. I'm like, Oh woman, my.
1: woman <laughs> listen to me. You
0: also got grow lights.
1: I did. Those Grow lights came from <laughs> Craigslist.
0: I know it's so weird because at one point in the evening, Patrick's like, "All right, time to put the grow lights on." <laughs> Flips them on so that the plants can soak up the rays because our apartment doesn't get hey, as much light hey, as the our last one. our plants
1: are healthy though.
0: No, they're doing a great.
1: And job. I have I have gone down into this like downward spiral, this this deep endless rabbit hole with these plants because I got all these plants, mm-hmm. and then we had little flies pop up because yeah. they're laying their little eggs or larvae. In the plant soil. (laughs) So then I went out and bought Venus fly traps to solve the fly problem.
0: Which was genius. So I
1: was like, you know what? If the plants are gonna cause flies, I'm gonna get more plants to to destroy the the flies.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool because the Venus fly traps are so small that I, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptical that they would be able to accomplish anything. Yeah, but those fuckers have caught a don't number mess around. of flies. It's amazing. They must have some sort of like special fly juice or something. How do they get the flies to come to them? You feel me? Yeah,
1: I don't know. How do
0: they like lure them in? Sounds
1: like a question for Google. But well, uh, let's get seriously, but the thing about this article, right, so this article is all about millennials and their need for plants all of a sudden. And just, how they this just kind of came out of nowhere. It's like now the thing is everybody needs to just fill their apartment with plants. And I and like that's what I said when I got my first plant. I was like, we are going to fill this bitch <laughs> with plants. <laughs> well,
0: what was also really interesting is that it said that it started as, or it was a resurgence of people wearing tropical and floral print clothing and items, which that it,
1: went along I, with it? I do. I you own some I,
0: I have a suit that has oh, all Oh, that those suit
1: that's just palm trees?
0: That's just palm trees. <laughs> it's like the most Florida suit ever. And then we have all, the pillows on our couches, are on our, on our dream couch are like leaves yeah, on it too. that's true. But it was also saying that this is a resurgence of um, a time from like the 70s when plants became really popular in response to just like the turmoil in the world with Watergate and right. things going on in the Middle East. East, um, and so people really looked to plants to kind of have something to care for and feel good about, right? And I feel like that's what's happening right now.
1: Something after, we feel after like the
0: world is ending,
1: after enough stress, you gravitate towards some small, living, green thing, yeah, so it makes that you, you feel can good, feel a little bit safer, yeah, and I mean, and more comfortable. We have yet sure. to
0: have these plants in the winter, but I have a feeling that it will help us feel, you know, just like more. What's the word I'm looking for? I just feel like in the winter it's so easy It'll to have like sort of seasonal depression. Bit. You start feeling like sad because it's so dark and cold and just gross outside. To come home to a place full of plants definitely yeah. you know makes you feel good and warms your little heart.
1: So wait, are you criticizing me for these plants or now no, you're baby, not? No, I never me for these No, plants?
0: I never criticized you. Cuz our
1: place is lush.
0: Okay, I agree. I love the plants. I'm not criticizing them. I just thought it was very funny that you very true to form you have like a very special way that you do things
1: <laughs> you like
0: something and then you do all of the research and then you just like yeah. look at stuff
1: yeah you know so I obsess so much I get and it.
0: then you obsess and then you turn to Craigslist and you start <laughs> Craigslist buying, is like
1: my dealer <laughs> you
0: start buying all of this
1: I, stuff I develop an addiction and then I turn <laughs> to Craig and I go Craig bro you got me, me up. <laughs> and Craig's like I got what you need bro oh my god um, <laughs> Uh, you know what? B- what bothers me though, like, can I just do one thing without immediately turning around and seeing a piece in Washington Post or BuzzFeed, etc., or the Atlantic, immediately telling me why I'm not special? You know Aww, what I mean? Like, I'm about? like, I got all these plants. Isn't our place look great? Boom! Article from Washington Post telling me why I'm just another millennial doing what all millennials well, are didn't doing. Didn't you
0: say that you went into the plant store and it was full of millennials? Yes, and
1: the and the plant store was called Natty Garden. <laughs>
0: it was called fill the void it was called
1: fill the void you hipster motherfucker
0: (laughs) (laughs) well um there's some different like um, ways that people are describing this plant revolution, like uh, a jungalo, which I think is...
1: Too close to juggalo. <laughs> That's, that was my first take on that. I like jungalo, though. I do. But then there are these other things out there called l- juggalos. Yeah.
0: Uh, and they
1: don't make, like, clown plants. No, I The mean, insane clown plants.
0: No, no, no. No? no. New mm, rap
1: group? Mm, no, no. No, thank All you. Right.
0: Why are people so obsessed uh, again, because it's something to take care of, but then also Instagram. Instagram is that another the other reason yeah. that people are doing all these plans. But here's
1: what separates me from the rest of these bandwagon folks,
0: because mm-hmm, you did it first. You were the first person to ever have a plant in your <laughs> home.
1: <laughs> no, it's just it's. I don't put things on the internet. I don't put the plants on the internet.
0: No, so you don't. I don't. I bet, I bet you're about to start.
1: I don't. I don't. No, 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 no. Never? I don't. I'm not gonna. Inst- I don't Instagram my life. I just don't do it. I just have never gotten into the like into the habit of being like, oh, here's something that's cool looking or attractive or some part of my life that has a pretty picture, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna post it for everyone else to see. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. So that I mean, is one do thing that have separates an, you me do have an from Instagram. the other millennials. You do
0: have an Instagram I do, though, but so it, don't try to front, like you don't post things on there because you posted the meatballs. But go look for
1: plants on there. I'm
0: Right, you don't have any plants the on there. The meatballs
1: were an invention. But I'm just saying. That's patent pending. I'm just
0: saying the way that you talked about Instagram just now made yeah. me feel some kind of way.
1: Well, so you're insulted. I get it. I'm just- Because you do exactly that. I- You're like, look at me. I put on a shirt this morning. And you have to take a picture of the shirt and post it on Instagram. I know.
0: You are so rude.
1: (laughs) But am I wrong?
0: No. (laughs) But, you know, you- Here's the thing about you, and you do this all the time. You had to have so much shit to say about Twitter, mm. and now your little ass loves Twitter. I
1: love Twitter, I so,
0: do. So what I'm saying is give the gram a chance.
1: No, I appreciate the gram. I'm saying what so separates don't me. don't talk
0: about it like it's something that you are too good to participate in. What separates
1: in, me from all the other plant-hoarding millennials. Nothing is separates you. Because I'm not you. doing it for Instagram. Nothing
0: separates you from and them. That's number one. Because you are full of holy voids <laughs> you are full of voids and no. that's why you buy all those plants and
1: the second thing is mm. i have venus flytraps
0: I'm sure Which some is of them not, do also. No, no, no.
1: It's not a thing. You not yet, but ugh. it will be oh. soon. And there will be a BuzzFeed article about why Venus flytraps are baby, the next unless, hip plant.
0: unless they are only selling them to you, they are definitely a thing. I guarantee you somebody else is buying. But it's a buying... niche
1: thing. It's not, a, it's not like a hipster so millennial baby, you, thing.
0: you aren't special.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're just not. <laughs> Shut
0: up. Let's do some goings on about Brooklyn.
1: Oh, my God.
0: Brooklyn, Brooklyn.
1: Brooklyn. <laughs> Oh wait, wait, wait! Before we do that, Hmm. so I looked at something called um, "Boys with Plants," which was part of the the article that you sent me about millennials with plants, Mm -hmm. and it's literally research, dudes. Well, I thought it was about plants, and I thought it was like a plant site tailored for guys. You know what I mean? It's on
0: Instagram. It's going to be pictures, it's baby. It's just, I didn't That's know what it was Instagram. It said, it said there's an Instagram account okay, called, a, because part of the article was about how Instagram has influenced more people to buy plants, okay. and one of the examples was boys with plants, okay. which means it's going to be cute boys with plants.
1: I don't no, know why that I didn't that know. Surprised I thought it was you. going to be like... Dudes with plants, not, like, you know, not, like, shirtless men with plants or plants with, like, a banana leaf over their dick. Th-
0: that's exactly what people want to see. <laughs> it's
1: not what I want to see. Well. I want to see, like, horticulture It tips, was in the.
0: Well, then go tips. to a place that's. <laughs> 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 then don't go to a thing that's something plus plants. Just go to a plants Instagram. You feel right, me? right. I sent you one one time.
1: Oh, okay, goings on about Brooklyn, please, Fran. Oh, God.
0: Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? We have new intel on the cat. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people were very supportive about the fact that I really wanted to take this talkative cat home, even though Patrick said that we should not. We recently found out that the cat once belonged to our neighbor. And um, I was walking the dogs, I saw the cat, and our neighbor was like, oh! I know who that cat is. That's Lola. What up, Lola? (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good impression of him. He kind of sounds like that. A
1: little bit. Just a little bit.
0: And it turns out that this cat, she's kind of like a siren. What we learned from our neighbor was that she lures you into loving her so that she can come in your house and then she can have babies. And then she starts crying and talking more and then you let her out and then she goes, runs all over the town and comes back and has more babies. This cat has had 36 kids.
1: Yes, it has. And, you know, it wasn't even that old. No. She looks great. You're looking looking real young. She had a sick-ass (laughs) spot. I was like, you work out? That's how she gets, that's how she (laughs) keeps bringing them home, you know? But anyway, this cat, yeah, this cat, apparently, its scheme is to go out. Is to love Walk the streets. (laughs) No, it doesn't love you. That's
0: how I found our neighbor. He was walking his dog years ago and the cat just started following him around the block right and then he tied the dog up outside so he could go into the corner store and the cat stayed with the dog and he thought all right i'm gonna keep you because clearly you want to be with me and then
1: so apparently this cat's scheme is just to is just to befriend you when it needs a place to have its children
0: exactly
1: and then when it's done having its kids it's like you're a father now. I'm yeah, leaving. Yeah,
0: exactly. Billy Jean is not my lover. <laughs> That's was, a good name for this cat. I was cat. Kitty Jean.
1: Mm, She's just a no. girl
0: that thinks that I am a one.
1: Uh, so, so, but
0: the litter is not mine. My... Mm, this doesn't work. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I really tried.
1: So the moral of the story is, for those of you who supported Fran's effort to bring this cat into our home, you were yeah. all wrong. Yeah. I was right. I knew this was going to happen This is what cats do. They can't be trusted. No. Get a plant like everybody else.
0: (laughs) You sad piece of (laughs) shit. Another thing about Brooklyn, and this is kind of old, but I thought still worth mentioning, is that we recently went to the Afropunk Festival here in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is my third time going, and I actually worked at the festival uh, doing some interviews, and Patrick joined me on one of the days of the festival. It was Patrick's first time going to Afropunk.
1: You wanna tell him why it was my first time going to Afropunk? well, well, I, let, why don't you just let I'll me tell, tell them? No, I'll tell them. Okay, I'll tell them. Go ahead. Last year, Fran decided she was going to go to Afropunk. I said, "That's awesome. Let's go. I'm in. I'm all about Afropunk. Let's do this." She goes, "Yeah, but I don't think I don't think white people should go." <laughs> and I, I didn't said. Say-
0: And I said, I did not say I don't think they should go. I said, Uh I think it's seen as like inappropriate for white people to be there. And I forwarded you an article that was about should white people be at Afropunk? And in years past, there has been discussion about the fact that Afropunk was created as a festival for black people who like punk and alternative music, you know, in non-traditionally black music spaces. Right. So that they could be, you know, uh, surrounded by other black people that like the music. Right,
1: and I respected that, and so I stayed home. And, and then I got only, there and it was all white people. <laughs> only only to see Instagram photos of Fran at Afropunk with a bunch of white people, I like throwing take, up pizza. No, I did
0: not take any photos with white people. Yeah, I add, you, No, I did they not. They were there. They were they around. They were in the background, but I didn't take photos with any of them because I knew how you would feel. And when I got there, I was like, <laughs> fuck, they're everywhere. I'm not taking pictures. I didn't want you to know no, I was
1: I was the only white person that stayed home from Afro
0: Punk. <laughs> the truth? Afro Punk has been gentrified a f so much so at one point there was like a dance circle and you know guys were popping and locking and doing like.
1: All the cool break dancers. All the cool
0: break dancing. Yeah. And they were jumping and doing flips. It was fucking awesome. And then this white girl got in the middle and it was so embarrassing. It was like, sis, this is not like, okay, you're here. I get it. But like, this. Is not about you, and it's so funny because there's a picture from the dance circle, and if you zoom into my face, my face, I have like the stankiest <laughs> face in the background, because also she wasn't very
1: good. See, and then also I didn't jump in on the breakdance circle because Maybe, no, you, you told me that white people weren't invited to the breakdance circle, and then what do I do? I look. Boom! White people in the breakdance circle.
0: Baby, you had and I stayed home. You have baby. You didn't even <laughs> dance at our wedding. You have no place in a breakdance circle. No, that's circle. true.
1: And Michelle was so funny. She was like, after that woman went in there and she wasn't very good. It was <laughs> Michelle pulled me aside and she was like, "Apologize, Patrick." <laughs> apologize right now. <laughs> I didn't know she did that. She did. She was like, "Patrick, apologize." I love that. <laughs> it was hilarious.
0: Um so we had a really great time and, you know, there were white people there and, and I think-
1: the thing about Afropunk is at least as i experienced it for the very first time mm-hmm.
0: tell white splayed afropunk to me pat
1: what just cuz i'm a white person doesn't mean i can't it's a podcast I'm joking, that we
0: share i'm joking you... i'm joking here's a plant here <laughs> there is a plant thank
1: there's you i feel better pl- there's already a plant. just take that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fill the fill the void okay what did you tell me what you observed at afropunk
1: i i well, it was very it was very much like a community oriented festival mm-hmm. i mean the you know the giant banners on either side of the stages said things like no sexism no racism no ableism Mm -hmm. no ageism you know what i mean it was very much a calling in crowd and it was while it was like focused on black excellence black musicians black music and and i mean the the acts were amazing we saw anderson pack we saw dizzy rascal um, who else did we see? Raphael Sadiq. Raphael Sadiq. I saw Solange.
0: It. I saw SZA. Oh,
1: right. You were there on the other day, mm-hmm. which had, had a, a number of big acts, too. But it was very much like it seemed inviting to everyone. It seemed yeah. designed to be inviting to everyone, even though like the stages were occupied by black, black artists. artists. Yeah, absolutely. So,
0: and a number of the bands were not all black bands. Like I interviewed some people that I had never met before. Including a band called Pay, Pay to, to Come.
1: <laughs>
0: Every time I had to say their name, I was like afraid that to Google so them funny. because I didn't want to get a virus on my computer. I thought that it was just going to be like tits and like buttholes all right, over my screen. Um, but yes, Pay to Come was a bunch of white guys and then the lead singer was black. Right. So, I so mean, are the they had, like, uh, junior astronomers. Rule. I Oh yeah, Patrick was like looking through the app and he was like, oh hey, look, here's some white people. I'll go see those guys.
1: (laughs) I said jokingly. No,
0: you were legit serious. You were like, oh,
1: I will be at
0: this performance in the front row, please. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, here's the thing. When I told you last year that I didn't think you should go, Uh I was not saying white people can't go. Mm. I was just... Again, saying that there has been discussion around it, and the discussion continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, even to the point now where people are upset that there are so many acts that are not punk acts, like Solange is not punk. Oh, music. it's so—it's
1: a mainstream festival, at
0: right? Point. I mean, now they have this stage dedicated to punk music. Yes, and um, which
1: I hung out at.
0: Yes, you did for a good while. There's a skate park over there. It was—it
1: was really like the. It was by far the coolest scene. There are a number of stages, and a lot of them are kind of in their own space so that it really feels sectioned off from the rest of the festival. Yeah,
0: especially because there's so many different types of music going at one time. They needed to be kind of separated so that you were able to enjoy it, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Otherwise you were gonna be hearing another stage like blaring in your ear.
1: But that, yeah, but that was the cool place to hang out. I mean, that was where all the skateboarders were, were chilling and like doing their thing. And I saw Rebelmatic out there. There was some really good art. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, I got to say this. The most positive and encouraging music fest I've ever been to. Yeah,
0: at one point, some girl uh, collapsed during SZA. And a bunch of people started... Yelling, medic, medic! Right, and I didn't know, I couldn't understand what they were saying at first. I'm thinking, why are people chanting? And they were all chanting and pointing towards where she was, so that they could get a medic. And then same thing happened during Dizzy Rascal.
1: Yeah, and he yeah, stopped. he stopped his show. He stopped his song and said, "Wait a minute, I think somebody passed out over there." And, and he they threw them a water. They bottle. were throwing them water, and they were waiting for um, medical attention to mm-hmm. arrive. I mean, it was just, and not just that. I mean, I was watching mosh pits in that, in, on that, like off stage, the pink stage, the pink stage with all of the punk rock and like heavy metal bands out there mm-hmm. and they were I've never seen people smiling so big <clears> in my life they were loving it they were really enjoying themselves smashing into mo- each other friendly mosh it fit. was the friendliest mosh pit I have ever seen in my life and I used to go to things like Ozfest where Pantera would play in front of 25,000 people and so what was the main difference between the Pantera <laughs> pit let me
0: let me just do, let's yeah. dig into this yeah what did the Banterra Pit look like versus the Pink Stage Pit at Afropunk?
1: First of all, the entire amphitheater was a giant mosh pit, and it was the most violent setting I've ever been in I know, in my I'm life. Ask, you know
0: what I'm asking you. I'm baby. talking
1: about like people, were just, I mean, people would fall on the ground in the middle of this pit, and some giant guy would come up and just kick him in the face. I saw this tiny woman, she was like 90 pounds. She had a cast on and she was just using it to just beat people in the head. I went to a punk show um,
0: in college, and there was a girl holding a sign that said, There should be more women in the mosh pit, and somebody punched her in the <laughs> stomach. <laughs> Oh no! They were like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> <laughs> just punched her. I was like, "Oh, oh my god, this geezer. is not the place for me." I just, I, I was just getting at the fact that I. F- feel as if Afropunk is a space for people who felt like they're not represented at other shows. Mm. And that's why there's more of like a community feel there in the sense that it's kind of like, hey, we're all here supporting each other and enjoying this music. Whereas when I go to other shows, sometimes I'm like the only black person there. You feel me? Mm -hmm.
1: I don't know. I mean, I think Afropunk, I mean, if you have Solange, and SZA, you've got like you're, you're super I mean it's super mainstream. It's not oh, exactly yeah, no, like, I'm, yeah. like these are people who are like going to AfroPump because they're seeing the music they can't find elsewhere.
0: Oh right. No, I mean these are not these I are think, not I artists just think that are the not. The culture else. that it's
1: built around and the culture that it's continuing to um you know to, to build out is one of tolerance, acceptance, happiness community that's fair um and I think that's the that's the main difference because you're not gonna find the, the people who go to pantera concerts want to be violent in those settings mm-hmm. like they wear steel-toed boots knowing they're gonna kick people in the face when they're defenseless like that's so that, wild to me it's disturbing I know I
0: don't know why anyone would think that was fun
1: yeah I mean there's something there I don't know what it is but uh, but you know in, in a lesser sense the people at at the shows that I was watching at afropunk enjoyed it too it's not but it was almost like God. They were doing it like they were giving each other hugs too. It was like it was really actually very adorable.
0: Oh, that's really um, cute.
1: It was sweet, and I really enjoyed it. I like it. It looked like you know what it looked like. It looked like a Blind Melon music video where they're like kind of like bumping into each other and mm, the. You mm. know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, no, I remember that music video.
1: Um, it was more like that.
0: Was there a girl in a bee costume?
1: There no, but there there were a lot of um there were a lot of women in it, which was great. I can't get the image of people moshing. With these big smiles on their faces out of my head. It was really like a nice moment. So, Afropunk was amazing. Um, I, Anderson Pack was insane.
0: Oh, he was so good. I got to interview him, and it was so cool because he is a virtuoso drummer. The whole time I was interviewing him, he was drumming, like he was practicing, but he was not missing a beat the entire time. While it was talking So to you. cool. Yeah, that's Because awesome. I could not imagine. Being able to just, I mean, he was keeping time. At one point, he was drumming on me. It was so cool. Um, He was amazing. If you're not listening to his music, please get your life together because he is so freaking good.
1: Dizzy Rascal, I think, was one of my favorite acts, too.
0: His music is so fun.
1: It really is. It's all about
0: how he doesn't need drugs. He just needs music, which I liked.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's he was definitely very positive in his vibe his music isn't always that positive it's generally very positive but there's one there's like every once in a while there'll be a line like you know if you take my bass I'll blow your face off <laughs> You're just oh like, I don't remember that yeah it's like wait weren't you just talking about how you don't need drugs um, all you need is a funky bass line he's like so don't take it so from so don't, don't take it from me or I will kill you <laughs>
0: Um, and other news, this week was the first week of the writer's room for my Comedy Central TV pilot.
1: Oh my God, that's incredible. Are you excited it's finally happening? It's been a long time that uh, you've been getting all the, all the cogs in place. It
0: feels so surreal because we pitched the show in November of last year. So just from the pitch to then selling it to then contract negotiations to then hiring people, it's been almost a full year. Wow. Which is just, you know, not a long time in the big scheme of things, but like comparatively to internet world, you right. know, you make something and it's online the next day or, you know, or the next week. mm mm-hmm. um, and even when I got hired at Nightly Show, that was like a month-long process. Not even. Maybe like three weeks. Yeah. So it does feel really surreal that we're here. And um, one of my employees is Dylan Marin, um, which I'm sure people here are familiar with because he is the best.
1: Dylan's amazing. Um,
0: But it's kind of cool to say that I have employees. It's strange to be in charge. And- to be in a room where everyone's throwing around ideas and then suddenly people turn to me and they say, well, what do you think?
1: It's your show, so let us know if we're doing this right. I know,
0: it's so weird, but it's so cool. It's really exciting. I've been trying to dress like really professionally when I go to work so that I look, you know, like a boss. Like the boss. Yeah, it's really fun, I'm really excited and um, it's definitely one of those instances where I feel like it's taken so much time to get here and now it's gonna go by really fast, so I'm trying to savor every moment. Um, I've been writing in my journal, (laughs) every day. I
1: know, I saw what you wrote in your journal. (laughs) (laughs) Patrick is such a dick. So I
0: really like hand lettering, and so I bought all these really cool markers, I even bought a book about hand lettering, and if you follow me on Pinterest, I just save cool words and letters all the time, because I just think that stuff is pretty. And so some days I just try to mix it up in my journal and instead of actually writing paragraphs, I just write words and make them really pretty and write down things I think will inspire me. And Patrick's jerk ass (laughs) has to make fun of me because I wrote things like, you know, defiance and persistence and... Pay your bills on time and shit like that. Oh, I
1: wasn't. Come on, we were, were. We we were both cracking no, up. No,
0: no, no, no. Yeah, were not, we weren't. I were did not laughing. laugh. I did not laugh one time. Yeah, you
1: did. <laughs> no, we I were. We have were I've never laughed in my life <laughs> ever. Oh, because we were talking. We went. We went. Um, now I call it spirit spinning. <laughs> Just because we went to I am soul, defiant. We went to Soul Cycle. <laughs> we went to Soul Cycle. This
0: is not sponsored.
1: And it was, and it was so funny because they are they are so like, they try to like squeeze in the spirituality. You know what I, I mean? I love they, it. They it's try so to really cheesy. force it in there. I mean, they've got the club setting, they've got the music, they've got the instructor that's really pushing you, all of that's good and workout oriented. And then randomly they're like, Like talking to you about equality. Oh
0: yeah, I didn't like that. Don't talk to
1: me about equality while I'm on a bike. Like that's not your place. I
0: know the guy was like, you just happened
1: to be the dude with the microphone. There's a
0: lot of turmoil in the world, but when we come in here, we ride together. And I was like, fuck that. Half this room voted for Trump. We're in like (laughs) (laughs) prospects. Seriously, (laughs) seriously, all these motherfuckers are in like like, the upper tax bracket. It's dark (laughs) and
1: it's like I don't know these people. (laughs) But also to be fair, when he said that, you wooed. No, I didn't. I heard it. No. I did not. You did.
0: It was a. Ju- if I did, it was a judgmental woo, like a,
1: like a, like a what? Like a
0: what? <laughs> uh, yeah, no. There is a lot of like, uh, put it all on the bike. What are you striving for? Yes. Dig, dig deep. Right. We're gonna, we're gonna reach that peak, and then, and, and I'm just over there like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> you are eating it up. <laughs> I love
1: it. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, so when I read your when I read your inspirational journal, I was laughing because it sounded like it was your resume for the Soul Cycle instructor. Why position. were you reading <laughs> my journal? <laughs> bitch. You showed it to me. No,
0: that's not what happened.
1: You were sitting next to me.
0: Did I was
1: I? Yes, you were pointing out the little ribbons that you used. You bought special sticker tape to <laughs> underline certain <laughs> words. Do you not remember explaining all of this okay, to me?
0: Vaguely. <laughs> I was just trying to say that there was an invasion
1: in my privacy and that I didn't like you. I you were there. There was no invasion. Being judgmental
0: about what was in my journal, whatever. You
1: were cracking up.
0: I brought it up. Please to don't say, make me
1: look like a dick because oh, I, while I was reading you your can journal,
0: do that all
1: on your own. <laughs> another void to fill. This is every time you insult me on this podcast, we get another plant. Another
0: plant. It's like that. What's that thing? It's like every time you clap, like a fairy gets its wings. Anytime I insult Patrick, a plant finds its home. (laughs) Um, Well, no, listen, I do want to say shout out to my journal. It's been very cathartic Uh to just spend an hour before bed writing and drawing and just kind of, you know, really thinking about goals and things that I'm excited about and I'm working on. It's been a really nice stress relief. I actually found an article that was about the fact that doodling is really good for anxiety. Yeah, totally. And I have a lot Coloring
1: is a good one, too.
0: I have a lot on my plate right now between the show and the book. And so I'm just, I need to de-stress. And the journal has been really good for me. So- I know that Patrick thinks it's funny because I wrote a bunch of inspiring words. Love, but love. But it has helped me, and I am using that to encourage our audience to also think about some inspirational journaling. Try it. <laughs> well, you can't even you can't even stop yourself <laughs> from laughing.
1: Not laughing at you. What are you laughing at? I'm laughing at the fact that I think you're only encouraging people to do some inspirational journaling. Just to just to contrast no. with me teasing you about it. No, no, no. no, no. I've encouraged oh, totally I've encouraged
0: people way before the podcast. Yeah. I have. I tweeted about no,
1: it. No, I know that's true. I and know that's I posted
0: true. on my Instagram. The thing that you that's remember true. were so judgmental about because you think that you're <laughs> I above <laughs> I was above Instagram. <laughs> I used it to encourage my audience to practice uh, a little self-care and journal.
1: You are the worst. <laughs> you really are. You're like not a good person. <laughs> anyway, so you've got on your on your show. You've got about four weeks left mm-hmm. before you tape, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in that time, you are you are structuring the show, you're yep. writing the jokes, and you're literally building the whole thing from the ground up. I think that's fascinating yeah. and just amazing.
0: It's really cool. We've got a team of four writers, and then I've got my showrunner and head writer, and um, and then of course my producers. Um, one has been out because he just had, his wife had babies, so he's taking a break, but, um, same guys that I, uh, developed and produced Decoded with, so I have a long standing relationship with them, and then everybody else on the team is, is new, people I've never worked with before outside of Dylan, so it's been really cool just getting to know each other, and week one, we had a short week because of the holiday, and we still managed to pump out, like, 16 sketches, which is wild to wow. me. Um, it sounds and like a good group. A really great group, and it's just really fun. Um, you know, we are exploring identity in a lot of creative, satirical ways, and I feel really good about what we're doing, and who knows where, where it will go. Knock on wood, the show gets picked up. But um, even if it doesn't, just the experience of getting to be in charge and see something that I have been thinking about and wanting for my entire life come to fruition is really, really cool. So follow your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> you told, Was that in your journal? I did. It was uh, I there. bet that's in your journal. It was like right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's kind of, it, it was like the fold out? <laughs> <laughs> at the mm-hmm. centerfold.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, sorry, not to get mushy, because I know you love it when I shit talk you, but I'm really happy. <laughs> I'm I'm in a good place.
1: You are. It sounds so fun that when we talk about it, when you tell me about it, um, then I start giving you Magic ideas. I start
0: pitching ideas. I'm like, sir, I have a room.
1: And it's so <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> today, just, just before we got here on the train, I was like, ooh, here's an idea that kind of fits with what you were just telling me. And you looked at me, <laughs> and you go, "Um, I don't need you to pitch me.
0: No, I didn't say that. <laughs> you did. No, I did not you say like, that. And
1: then you said, I have a room. I have a writer's room.
0: Well, I just, you know, I get it. You get excited. I get and excited. I excited. And I don't want to you know? dismiss your And then, and then your ideas. when I go,
1: I went right to Natty Garden and I bought another flat. <laughs> You know, like every time a plant appears, friend, there's probably something you should apologize for. (laughs) Every plant should
0: have a little note
1: on it that
0: says something that I did. I will name them
1: after the thing that you did. (laughs) Like what? I don't know. Like um. I don't know. Didn't do laundry. Didn't do laundry.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you workshop that instead of coming up with jokes for my show? Maybe you should work (laughs) on some of
1: your own jokes. You're a horrible
0: person. Why don't we why don't we do a little bit of you must be dreaming <laughs>
1: okay.
0: uh, This is a segment where you all send us your dreams via email. If you would like to hit us up in the inbox, you can do that at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you go to salute. <laughs> um. Yeah, Patrick and I are amateur dream experts, and you would
1: think that that is <laughs> Was an oxymoronic, brand, but it's not. But it's not. It's not. It works somehow. Mm-hmm, um, it does.
0: Um, Pat, why don't you um hit us up with the first dream?
1: So this first dream comes from our own camera operator Curtis. He says. Had a dream about someone in my kitchen trying to get me and every time I go into my kitchen at night, I turn on all the lights and wake my girlfriend up or call my grandmother if I'm home alone. This dream repeats about once a month. I don't know what this means. Sincerely, your cameraman in the control room, (laughs) Curtis.
0: Okay, Um, so someone is in your kitchen. I think that this means that you need to get on a better grocery system. Um, Have you ever tried Food Kick? It's um, a food (laughs) delivery system. If someone is in your kitchen trying to get you, you should be in your kitchen trying to get some food. You know what I'm saying? Do you see the correlation there? Kitchen, food, you... Getting being gotten, trying
1: to be. Yeah. So you need
0: to really start thinking about how you grocery shop and the most efficient way to do it. This is not sponsored, but there are a number of services out there that can help you with your grocery shopping. Yeah,
1: totally. You could get
0: a task rabbit to grocery shop for you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anything else you'd like to say about? I don't you know? know.
1: I think maybe this is like maybe it's time to try um, like vegetarianism. Oh, you know, maybe that's yeah. what maybe maybe there's some deep seated guilt for being a meat eater, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you visualize when you think about the kitchen where you store and cook your meat, you're thinking like, well, what if I was the meat? Mm. And know? that's why the lights are coming on, because you are being awoken
0: to the fact that you are participating in animal genocide. <laughs> animal genocide? Yeah. You are. You have now become woke by the light. That's what that party oh, is. Oh, it's the light going on. The like, lights are going you. on. Yeah. And it's waking up you and your girlfriend, and it's because you are now having the <laughs> shades pulled off of your eyes right. to see that you should stop eating meat.
1: Yes, and it's also a good opportunity to get yourself some plants, Curtis.
0: Mm, you know that I would mean, help also.
1: I don't. I don't know. I think. I think you qualify as a millennial.
0: And the dream happening once a month means that you should start going to the local food market which is also once a month. What are you talking about? I'm saying that there's like a food market that he should go to. Like a farmers
1: market? Yes. Mm-hmm. Those happen every week. Okay. Well, once a <laughs> week. Yeah, you've never you've never been to a <laughs> farmers market. I've
0: been one. I've gone about once <laughs> a month. But you
1: know all the apps. You should go to the <laughs> farmers market.
0: It's once a week and in the dream <laughs> what happens once a month, that means that you should go to the farmers market. <laughs> All right, Curtis, go to sleep. Um, <laughs> Dear Tuscaloosa and Patrick, I hope that you will read my dream on your show. I already have an interpretation of my dream based off of dreammoods.com. Please just rub in our face and also shout out some <laughs> other website. I'll include it below the description, but I'm curious of what you two will come up with. The dream. I dreamt that I somehow became pregnant with a pig. I somehow didn't realize I was pregnant for quite some time. At the end of my dream, I was about to get an abortion, and the doctor was telling me how much it would hurt. Mm. Okay, so she was pregnant, or he or they, because we don't know the gender of this person, was pregnant with a pig. Patrick, I'll Uh, let you go first. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Okay. Since you are our <laughs> amateur expert, and you're also
1: wearing a blazer, um, you know, I think maybe, I think maybe this is also about vegetarianism. You can't
0: do that. Why it's not? not? It's not
1: about that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you tell me what you think this means?
0: So I think that this means that you're not getting enough protein in your diet. <laughs> That's
1: like <laughs> basically what I just said. No, it's not. It's the inverse of you what I said, just said. It's still food related.
0: I know, but mine was more specific, and it was about protein, not about being vegetarian. <laughs> They're not related at all. There's lots of ways that you can get protein in your diet. You can eat legumes. Mm. You can eat um, soy if you are a vegetarian. But you can also, I've been eating a lot of um, turkey like ground turkey, I've been really into. Uh-huh. I don't think that this is telling you that you should eat bacon because bacon is technically very fatty. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you didn't realize that you were pregnant is probably because you're not eating enough carbs, and that makes you very tired. Mm. And if you're tired, you you just, if you you're just, foggy. You can just
1: completely. You just can. You can miss a pregnancy. You can you miss.
0: Just, you can miss a pig. You can miss a pregnancy. Oh you can miss the whole thing. So you want to make sure that you're eating lots of. Um, Complex carbohydrates, things like oatmeal, Mm -hmm. quinoa, Mm. also has carbs and protein. Um, And then at the end of your dream, the doctor was telling you how much it would hurt um, because the doctor just feels like you um, need to, uh, mm, Patrick, finish my sentence.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I disagree with everything you just said.
0: Oh, what were you, but what, um, what do you think about the doctor though?
1: Well, I see, I think the doctor telling you how much is going to hurt is, is you realizing how hard it's going to be to confront this issue mm. because it's not actually about your diet. It's mm. about a part of you that you no longer recognize as being, um, it's like
0: foreign. Yeah. A as foreign being entity. consistent
1: with who you've become. Okay. And now, so now you're, you're realizing like that a part of you or something that's, you know, you've developed in your personality is no longer working with you as the person that you are today. Oh, you know what?
0: I actually, on second thought, I think that you're right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the thing, I think the pig is symbolic of the fact that you need to shower more and you didn't recognize it. (laughs) It's something about yourself that is very different. It's turning people away. Right. It is, it's been going on for quite some time. So then
1: how do you explain the doctor? The doctor is telling you It's good, look, the shower is going to sting.
0: Well, when you haven't showered in a long time, it's going to be difficult. You know, it's going to be new. Right. Different territory. It's like learning
1: to walk after a exactly. tragic car accident. It's going to
0: sting a little bit. It's going to be you might slip. Uh-huh. You might be a little uneasy when yeah. you step into the shower.
1: That's and totally so, it.
0: Yeah, I that's think, clearly it. Yeah. I think if you shower and you work on getting more protein and complex carbohydrates, you'll be a healthier feel, person. You're gonna, feel, you're gonna feel great. Feel and smell so much better. <laughs> Go <Genius>. to sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Go to sleep.
0: Take a nap.
1: Genius. Um, oh wait, we have a wait, before before we move on. We have a, a retraction that we need to address. Oh God! Because people were very, very adamant that we know that Cardi B's name is not Bacardi, but Bacallus.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I take full responsibility. I'm getting choked up. Hasn't <laughs> been talking about it. Her sister's name is Hennessy. And that is why she decided to have her stage name be Cardi B. It's kind of an homage to Bacardi as a compliment to Hennessy. But her real name is not Bacardi and there were a number of people who were all up in my mentions letting me know that I was wrong. And again, I take full responsibility. I am clearly not a good Cardi B super fan. In addition to the fact that I only know one song, I also didn't know her real name.
1: So Interesting. I, it's funny to hear you pull back because I clearly remember last podcast yeah. where you were pretty much going hard for Cardi B. Oh, I'm still going hard for how her. How you were such a fan. I'm a, I'm I like a, how now you're now you're pulling no, no, all your no, no, no. hedging. You've I'm got this su- like, oh, I only know one I song. I said, I'm,
0: well, listen. We only met one time. Not just, she's not just. We just sh-
1: happened to be in the same car. She's Those drugs not aren't mine.
0: just. She's not just a musician, she is an Mm. internet personality, Mm. and I followed her on the gram, you know that place that you like to look down on? I followed her for quite some time before she became a musician. I know maybe two songs. Bodak Yellow is the only one that I listen to repeatedly during my workouts, occasionally. I also know, <laughs> looking like I caught a lick, which is another one of Cardi's songs. But I don't know her backstory. I also uh. remember her old teeth. You know what I'm saying? Like I know <laughs> things about her. I just did not do the next step of research in depthly. Mm-hmm. I heard that her real name was Bacardi. It sounded plausible since she has a sister named Hennessy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again fake news made its way onto this podcast and
1: my news my news is never I
0: fake. take full responsibility okay, good, and I good. think that
1: that's but I think that's the what most
0: important thing and if we need to implement a retraction corner in future episodes of the pod I am open to it so yeah that's what we put in the retraction corner oh but you know what we also have a new corner called the reaction corner.
1: And well, it is in that corner.
0: That has been uh, prompted by a comment that we got on Instagram regarding the clip from the Team Tiny Titty uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> Posted a clip. The clip did very well. We have a That's lot so of people funny. that are Team Tiny Titty, and I am, <laughs> I am
1: little titty. Team
0: Little Titty, Get Tiny it right. Titty, Itty Bitty Titty, whatever small iteration of a breast that you have. <laughs> We are on the same team, okay? But we got this comment from Bingo89 on the video clip. And the comment says, Patrick's laughing is my favorite thing on this podcast. Oh. And him laughing on a video is not as an as animated yeah. as I saw it in my head. Cry laughing emoji. I feel cheated. Yeah,
1: I don't know why this bothered me Patrick so. Patrick was
0: really upset about
1: this. I don't comment. know. I just felt, I think, I just felt like it was. I mean, I bought like three plants in response to this, <laughs> and it's a mostly positive comment. Um, but I just must have been being sensitive because
0: she says your laugh is her favorite. Part I know, of
1: the and yet all I heard was, "I feel cheated," and I feel like I just like I didn't deliver. It really, I don't well, know. It's stuck. Don't you? It's well, stuck with me. I have to like be more animated. I was going to say, why
0: don't you take this as something, an opportunity? To enhance your laughing skills. You know what I'm saying?
1: I already have the best laugh ever. Right, but it's not, sort of.
0: It's not as. Best laugh on the
1: podcast, anyway.
0: Excuse me. It's no cackle. Okay.
1: It Just, is no cackle. I think this, that's the point. Don't
0: let this one comment go to your little head, because clearly you still have some things to work no, on. No. Your shit's not animated, and that <laughs> and that. See, you really, really 80, 80, That let Bingo eighty nine down. They came to this podcast looking for uh, clips. They wanted to see you gesticulating wildly <laughs> as you were laughing, and you didn't do it. I don't understand. And why so, you, if you're not you? willing to take responsibility, then you are not fulfilling your duties to this podcast and you certainly are not living up to what the reaction corner is supposed to be about which is you reacting to something that was said about the podcast. So give me a reaction and do not let Bingo89 down because they are listening and they sure as fuck will be watching for the clip that accompanies this episode of the podcast. So are you ready or are you not ready? Okay, yeah,
1: I'm ready. Uh, what, am, laugh, what am I supposed to do? I
0: want to see you laugh with a lot of you know, body confidence.
1: Okay, say something funny. I just had
0: a whole womp, thing. Womp.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yo, you look crazy. <laughs> Baby, that looks so unnatural. First of all, you threw up one hand like you were asking to be called on at school. <laughs> then you pushed the table, which but... I'm sure was not good. I know, look, I'm not an actor, okay? Okay, well. Bingo89, thank you for your feedback and your comments. If you would like to send us an email, you can do so at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. You can also comment all over social media. You can tweet us at Cheskalee.
1: A tie optional. Or
0: you can use the hashtag <laughs> last name basis. Is there anything else that you want to do? Because I would like to do Slanguage B. Let's
1: get to the language B.
0: Okay, so if you are new to our podcast, this is a corner... Uh, from days of old, but we are trying to bring it back on a regular basis, where I bring um, a word or a phrase from pop culture or the internet, and Patrick has to decipher what it means. So this week's Slanguage B is an acronym.
1: It's okay.
0: E-I-L-5.
1: That is so unfair. Why? Because E-I-L-5, you can't just have like... You can't give and me don't an type. acronym. Yeah,
0: that's what it is. Like you know, LOL is laugh out loud, or BRB is be right back. This is EIL five.
1: This is a seriously impossible task. Okay, just well, just, just try. Just make there's something a number up. In there. um, exactly.
0: There's a number in there for a reason. It serves a purpose.
1: Eels is lit five.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Eels is lit. I don't know. You Okay. All, me to right, make something all right. All right. Okay. 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 You tried. You try it. I'll give you points for that. E-I-L-5 stands for explain it like I'm five. So if you don't um, understand something, you say E-I-L-5 to get like a Cliff Notes
1: version of it. So somebody dumps it down for you, gives you the backstory, and just puts explain it in Explain
0: like, it like I'm five. I don't understand what this story is about. I don't know who this person is. This
1: seems like I one would, of the more useful- I
0: know! Oh, that's why I liked this one. Yeah,
1: this one actually seems. I, I like the idea of having a common phrase for "give me the simple version." Yeah, and fill me in. I just want to know
0: what this thing is about. That's great. Or why everyone doesn't like this person, or why everyone's excited about such and such. So you can definitely use EIL five anytime you want. I encourage it. Oh, hey! Listen to this tweet that I recently got. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It says, "Hey Lee, you remind me of that mom in my neighborhood growing up who wouldn't let me play with the white kids like me. Who wouldn't let their children play with the white kids like me." Yeah. I don't know how I feel about this about this tweet. Part of me is like, I want to be friends with that mom.
1: I also don't think that the, I don't this person didn't have a mom in the neighborhood that did that.
0: Yeah, they didn't, even just, have a, they didn't even have
1: a neighborhood. They didn't even have a neighborhood. They had
0: nothing. The parents probably just used them being white as an
1: excuse. Right.
0: They were like, I don't want you playing with that weird kid. Just tell him it's because he's
1: white. Or he was, he was an adult. He was probably like 19. <laughs> and they are like, look, don't play with that guy over yeah. there. He's <laughs> a grown-ass man. <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness Well please tweet us And feel free to um, say nasty things to Patrick So that he can buy more plants Or just tell us how you felt about It only makes me stronger Exactly
1: Your insults literally make my garden grow
0: Mm. Oh that was really cute That could be on your memoir (laughs) Um, I'm Patrick
1: I'm Francesca And this
0: was Last Name Basis (laughs) on Brick
1: Radio Last Name Basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condis. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is O'Neil Moulet. Our videographer is Curtis Boone, and our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org radio.
0: Do you want to actually say your real name? Just in case anyone's confused.
1: No. I like that being the end of the episode no